The evil of corruption reaches into every corner of the world. Corruption lies at the heart of the most urgent problems we face. Welcome to Confidential Brief, where Chad Thomas takes you into the stories behind the issues facing our society. Today we're chatting about the use of technology in the fight against crime. We're joined by Kim James. Kim is a director at a company known as UAV Aerial Works and is the person behind the company's drone security brand, Drone Guards. Kim, welcome to the show. Hi, Chad. Thanks so much for having me. Kim, from what started off a couple of years ago as something that seemed so far-fetched that people would be able to operate their own drones, developed into something where we saw incredible drone footage, incredible aerial photographs, we saw people on the beach, we saw people in parks, and we saw the growth of this product. And then suddenly there was the negative side of it. People were saying, yeah, these guys are flying drones over my garden, they're looking into my yard. And then, of course, we heard about incidents where drones have flown into airspace. And this leaves the general public with the perception that drone technology is awesome, it's incredible, but is it legislated? And what are the uses thereof? So I'm going to dive straight in. Are drones and the use thereof legislated in South Africa? And what are the main uses currently? Chad, so the use of drones is 100% legislated in South Africa. And that actually already happened in 2015. So the what we know in the industry as part 101 was um, promulgated in mid of 2015. And it essentially says that anyone using a drone for profit gain or, um, or, you know, uh, for, um, for benefit needs to operate under uh, an RPAS operating certificate. Anyone else using it for personal use has to use that drone under what they call hobby rules. And that essentially allows someone to, you know, take video or pictures of their family or what have you for private use, pretty much restricted to their back garden or on a piece of property that's, you know, during the day away from any controlled airspace, away from roads, people and property. And, um, you know, it, it, it's out there, it's on the CA website and, and anyone who knows that they want to use this for their business or for gain or profit needs to then follow certain rules under this part 101. Do you think the state has communicated this enough to, to the general public? Because you, a kid sees a drone in, in a, in a hobby store or in one of these gadget stores. The birthday's coming up, tells the parents he wants a drone for the birthday. The parents walk into this hobby shop or they buy one offline. They give it to the kid and the kid starts flying it around the neighborhood. Is there, is there any obligation on the person selling that drone to that family to advise them that, listen, this is not really just a toy. There's a lot more in terms of the legislation. And of course, we're going to talk a little bit later in the show about what the difference between the drones you operate and the drones that are available on the commercial market? Chad, it's such a good question or, or at least, um, you know, topic because there is regulation that states any reseller or retailer that is selling a drone to anybody 
is obligated to let them know that there is a regulation and uh, you know that there's, there's there should be reference to where that regulation is is, is available and and you know the one true source is the South African Civil Aviation Authority website now whether all of those retailers do that in the proper way is a question of course we we don't know but it's also not in their best interest right because if someone comes in and buys an expensive drone for you then as a retailer to say but remember you can't use this for your intended you know photography passion or what have you that may actually not benefit them so there's definitely you know a part to play on on the 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 retail industry and you're right you literally can walk into a supermarket or a toy store and go and buy an an actual decent drone um and there's nothing to stop you from literally you know putting it up in the air in in controlled airspace unless of course the system's actually not going to allow you to um to actually start the drone and there are some restrictions and systematically it won't start but that's not always the case and i think to your second part chad there definitely should be more education more information readily available to the public so that they can't plead ignorance um because in some instances it really is innocent uh ignorance around what's allowed and what's not allowed some very valid points coming out there especially pertaining to the fact that you can't just go out buy a drone stick it up in the sky and start spying on your neighbors there are repercussions to that we're going to take a quick word from our advertisers then we'll be back with Kim James chatting about the importance of drone technology in the fight against crime you're listening to the confidential brief with Chad Thomas on High FM I'm in conversation with Kim James about technology, and in particular drones, are aiding in the fight against crime. And we've so far discovered that drones are not just toys that can be bought and used for, for purposes other than private use within literally your own backyard. And to this extent, there's organizations that are out there that offer specific training in the more advanced drones. And Kim, is it just the director of UAV Aerial Works driving the brand Drone Guards, but she also holds a drone operator's license from the CA, the SACAA and is a committee member of the Commercial Unmanned Aircraft Association of Southern Africa, the CUAASA. Now, this, Kim, is now making this sound like a very, very important topic. And this is why I start off the conversation by saying drones a couple of years ago was something that people saw and they, they understood it was futuristic they saw the benefits from a personal perspective, but now we're hearing the incredible story of the growth of drones in so many different aspects. We've seen it in the use of emergency services. We're even hearing about countries such as Dubai, as the UAE and in Dubai in particular, where they've got big drones they're developing for taxi use. It's, it's quite bizarre and it's so futuristic. Tell us a little bit more about the um, SACAA what it means to be a certified drone operator, and then also touch a little bit on what the Commercial Unmanned Aircraft Association of Southern Africa does. The fact of the matter um, is that operating drones or unmanned aerial vehicles or unmanned aerial systems, we'll just call them drones for now for ease, um, 
means it's it's something that's up sharing airspace with manned aircraft. And therefore, the use of drones and specifically commercially um, is regulated by the Civil Aviation Authority of South Africa. Um, so that is our aviation or our civil aviation regulator. And they own or it owns, um, you know, every piece of regulation that regulates um Operation, training, and you know many many parts with within their remit. So for the drone space, um, as I mentioned previously, it's part 101, and essentially it regulates in the main the safety, um, or at least it, it ensures that we we operate safely, so that we're not just putting drones in 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 the sky as we said um, previously. And putting manned um, aircraft at risk. And so if we think about, you know, um, what we in South Africa and through the CAA um, have kind of embraced as, as part 101, the CAA chose when it promulgated um, the regulations a certification model. And it means that anybody, no matter how small or large your operation, how small or large your drone and for what application, you have to operate under this operation, this ROC, this operating certificate. And there are three elements here, Chad. Um, one is you have to have a company that is then certified to operate um, in various things and you or various, um, you know, kind of operation specification, which you as the company apply for. You then also have to have drones that are registered with the CAA as part of your organization. So we literally, our drones have tail numbers like aircraft do. And we also have to have um, certified drone pilots to operate those drones. So it becomes really arduous, but it means that every part of an operation is actually um, kind of recorded and also operated to safety standards, quality and safety standards. And then Kuwasa, which is the Commercial Unmanned Aircraft Association of Southern Africa, was formed kind of um, you know soon soon after after that promulgation, and that is really an organisation that represents all operators in South Africa and also um, drone pilots in South Africa. And that's really a representation to the regulator so that, you know, there's, um, there's, there's one voice because it's, it's, you know, it, it is, um, it's an arduous task to, to keep up what you regulatorily are required to do. Um, and, and there's, evolving um, regulations which will hopefully in the future make it still as safe but of course um, maybe not as arduous um, and we could talk about that a little bit but that's mainly the the role of Kawasa. Well now we understand the legislation behind it we understand the licensing when we come back I want to talk more about the specific use of drones in the fight against crime in South Africa and drone guards as you call them. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. Today we're having a conversation about something that everybody wants to, to know about in South Africa, and that's how we can improve the fight against crime. And one of the, 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 the 
pieces of technology, for want of a better word, that's being used is unmanned aircraft, or as we all know them in, in, in layman's terms, as drones. And joining us today is an expert in the field. It's Kim James. And we've been chatting about the legislation and the background to unmanned aircraft in South Africa. And I want to speak to Kim specifically about the security use thereof and how prolific it is at the moment. Are we seeing enough use? Do we want to see more use of it? And then a little bit later in the show, we're going to end off just chatting about the aspects of the whole Big Brother scenario. So, Kim, straight away, security and drones, they seem like a match made in heaven. They are a match made in heaven. And, Chad, I think for your listeners, if they can imagine that the use of drone technology in an industry, and specifically now the security industry, as you mentioned, being a tool in the toolbox of what they already have and making it, and we call various things that or applications in a security operation layers of defense. So if you're securing as a security operator an estate or a commercial property or a farm or a nature reserve, anything that you have in place would be a a layer of defense. And drone technology is another layer of defense. And specifically giving the the drone, the, the, sorry, the guards or the, um, the security force on the ground, um, the tool that puts eyes in the sky. It gives them another vantage point, which they don't already have. And that's how we explain the use of drone technology in its basic form, um, in this, in the security context. It's not just about target hardening. Like you said, it's, it's the layering of defense. So I always use the analogy, and it's a very old analogy because I've been in the game a very long time, but I used to give the analogy that you've got two BMWs parked side by side at a shopping center. Um, one happens to have a gear lock, one doesn't. And I to, I to tell you, this was a very old analogy. I don't think we even have gear locks anymore. Um, if, if it was just the one with the gear lock and they really wanted to steal it, they would steal it. But because there's one next to it without a gear lock, they're going to go for the one without the gear lock because it's less of a target. It's easier to steal. So I understand the aspects about the target hardening, but what about the reactive use? Is it possible that it can be used reactively to, to go up to find those different suspects and to be able to relay information back to control centers and back to first responders. Absolutely. So we use drone technology in what we call kind of three forms. One is, to your point, Chad, around target hardening. I like that analogy, actually. I'm going to start using it. But, you know, where we call it visible policing, where you can do that. In other cases, it really has to be um, you know, um, uh, covert, but a uh, covert, sorry, but th- the reaction part is, is brilliant, um, specifically at night, and it depends on the risk level of, um, of a site, but that could take many forms. It could be in the form of a fence trigger, and that drone would be sent out to go and you know, do, do a first scan of, of what the, what the, um, risk might be. It might be an animal that's triggered that fence, but it might also be an intruder. And so instead of 
sending in the guards with the torch, so to speak, in its most rudimentary form as a response, you could then have a good thermal image sent back to a control room or even in its most rudimentary form, a response vehicle, and a decision could then be made. Do the suspects, you know, are they armed? Um, are they actually pursuing, you know, um, into wherever they are wanting to target? And then the decision can be made, okay, so are the guards going to go in? Do they need to send in reinforcements, etc.? So that's the the trigger response is is one of the first reactive um, uses for drones. The other one, of course, is is really having that vantage point where if there is a pursuit, that drone can actually keep the suspects in view. And of course, when, you know, in the, in the dark of night where you really can't even see your hand in front of your face, it gives those, those, um, in pursuit the eyes. Um, and of course they are then vectored in through radio or whatever their comms is, um, by a, by the drone operator or the control room operator, etc. Seems to me that drones are definitely a, a very important aid, not just in proactive security in terms of the, the target hardening, but also from a reactive perspective. We're going to take a word from our advertisers. When we come back, I want to talk more about the aspect of Big Brother versus the need for an increase in security measures, especially considering the climate of crime we're living in in South Africa at present. We'll be back straight after this. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. We're chatting to Kim James today about the importance of drone technology in the fight against crime in South Africa. And with just 10 minutes to go in the show, I thought I'd give over to Kim so she could tell us the advantages, the pros, the cons of, the, of, of using drone technology and what people need to be able to do to ensure that the companies they're using have the right legislation, protocols, and stand operating procedures in place. And then I'm hoping Kim ends off by explaining to us why this is not another big brother, why this is something that is so essential for us in the fight against crime in South Africa. Thanks, Chad. So the pros, and, and I think we've touched on them in, in the previous segment, you know, are really around the fact that living in a country such as ours with the crime rates, the, the way they are, you know, we really want to be able to make people feel safe in their homes and make people, people feel safe in the environments they live in. And by adding another layer of defense, which happens in this case to be drone technology, which has to be completely integrated into whatever security operations or mechanisms are already in place, um, it, it can really do that. So first of all, again, without repeating myself, but depending on the risk profile of the site, you know, it could in the very first instance already just drive crime away. And this, this, the sad part about this is that we're not really cutting crime, um, we're most likely just moving it to the next softer target, which you've already touched on previously. Um, it really, for the security companies out there interested in this that are not already using this, this really puts you ahead of your competitors because you can 
with your task of keeping your site safe, really do that. Um, and if there is an incident or a trigger or something that is unforeseen, you can get there quicker. You can have the vantage point and you can see in the dark with the thermal, uh, um, you know, cameras on, on the drones that we use. It really does give, give an, an advantage, um, over, you know, the, the person who's not supposed to be where they are. Um, the, the, the cons, I guess, are really around potentially, you know, it's, it's still expensive. The technology is expensive. It right now still requires people to operate these drones. Um, in the future, we hope that we're going to be able to have fully autonomous drone operations as part of security where, you know, it's kind of that drone in the box concept as we are getting to know. And, you know, you really don't, you will in the future not have to have pilots really piloting these things. And then you're going to have machine learning and AI and all of that cool stuff. But right now it's still expensive. It is technology. Um, it, it, ha it, it's regulated and, Compliance or regulation costs money. So there are, there are smaller communities or, or communities, um, that just can't afford it yet. And I guess that's, it's not, it's not the, the negative of, of the technology. It's just, it, it kind of does, um, you know, err on the side of if you can afford to protect yourself, then you can afford this technology, which, you know, which I still have, have a problem with. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it does also bring the topic of does it then result in security operations cutting certain other things to bring in this technology, i.e., you know, is the guard with a torch who's walking five kilometers an hour along the fence line as effective as a drone flying at, say, 30 meters you know, with a thermal camera, um, and flying, you know, at, at a, at a speed that's, you know, kind of triple that. Of course, that's going to be more beneficial. And so will those guards with torches actually be displaced at some point? So these are the conversations we're having in the industry. And, you know, I have a, you know, a people background. So I, I'm particularly interested in not just replacing one layer with another. And how do we integrate that? How do we upskill and reskill, et cetera? Um, Chad, if you want me to go into that kind of big brother aspect, I can. But you know, is, is, did, did I cover that kind of pros and pros and cons aspect? You you did. And what I find very important is that you and I have the same thinking towards AI and robotics, not replacing humans, but supporting humans because we're in the midst of a fourth industrial revolution. Our president has spoken extensively about this, but we also have a country with the largest unemployment in the world. And it's very important for us to understand that I, when it comes to AI, when it comes to robotics, you still need that human factor. The drone isn't going to be able to arrest the suspect. It's not going to be able to engage with the suspect, but it's going to be able to give information to people on the ground to be able to respond effectively. And, of course, with you being a certified drone operator, it's opened up a whole new career path for others. And I think that's what's so very important is that there's so much more. And although you talk about the drone in the box and one day it becoming independent, it needs to have that human factor behind it. 
On the big brother aspect, I think let's take it to its most simple form. What do, you, what do we do as neighbors if we have somebody who's invading our privacy with the use of a drone? We don't want to shoot it down and get charged for malicious damage to property, but what kind of recourse should we have as individuals if we believe that something is not being used for a security function, which is so critical, like you mentioned, but being used to spy on us. Gosh, that is such a huge topic at the moment, Chad. And it's not only a topic in our country. It's, it's, it's a topic the world over. First of all, we've all watched too many movies and, and, you know, we have this instant assumption that if there's a drone over our house, that it's spying on us. And, you know, the, the reality is a helicopter that literally is legally allowed to fly lower than what, where we are allowed to fly as operators um, also can have really good camera equipment. But we're not worried about helicopters flying over our houses because we've adopted that as, you know, it's a police helicopter or it's a tracker helicopter or it's an emergency, you know, um, medical emergency helicopter. And the reality is that, you know, your neighbor probably isn't spying on you. Um, the assumption is because it's got a camera on it and it's too close proximity to our garden or our pool or whatever, um, that that's what's happening. Um, we do, of course, have reports of people that are doing that. And so I would say a number of things. You are right, Chad. You can't just go and shoot a drone down. You will be the one in trouble. OK. And secondly, um, you know, shooting a drone down is really dangerous because drones have um, lipo batteries. And if that lipo battery were to be pierced and land on a thatch roof or land in a garden on dry grass, it could actually just cause a massive fire and damage. So um, do not do that. As far as possible, try and identify where this drone is being flown from. Of course, that's not easy at all. Um, if you know it's a specific neighbor who's doing it, you know, go and see them. Um, and if you know that your neighboring your neighborhood or your estate does not allow drones, but they are using drones for security purposes, that will, if it's legally run, be completely openly communicated. So, you know, I guess if you ask, you are asking me that direct question, what to do. Um, if you can identify what the drone is, if you can identify um, any markings on it, you know, be maybe take pictures of it and post it on your social media and try and find out who who it is. Um, you know, try and find out who who who's operating it. And if it really is a, a kind of a spy case, um, you know, there's probably there, there probably ways in which a, a neighborhood could stand together and try and find out who it is. It, it isn't easy, though, because. You know, there's no, um, at this point in time, inexpensive, um, you know, hobby piece of kits where you can, you know, kind of, in, you know, block a signal or, or bring the drone down safely. So um, it, it isn't something, Chad, that's been solved for yet. And we read this, you know, the, the world over. And unfortunately, there are kids, you know, that get these things for Christmas or, you know, for their birthdays or whatever. And they just use them as toys and, and do things, you know, untoward in neighborhoods. But there isn't actually a you know, a, a one thing that I could say, you know, this is what you do if you have a, a sus suspicious drone in your in your neighborhood. Kim, I think we, we all agree that drones are essential as a tool in the fight against crime. 
And going forward, I think we're going to see a lot more different types of use of drones as well. But in, in the South African context, of course, um, crime and security is a topic that's forefront in everybody's mind. In closing, can you direct our listeners to a website to find out more about the use of drones in security? Yes. So, I mean, our our own website, droneguards.africa, um, for regulations, um, uh, S-A-C-A-A or C-A-A um, dot com, I think it is. Um, but all of those links will be on, on my website anyway. But um, there, there are a few companies that do this in South Africa. But if anyone wants to know anything more about it, how they can do this in their own security company, um, what the legalities are, um, even if it's just some advice, um, you know, please contact me. I'm on social media. Can James um, Drones or uh, DroneGuards.Africa. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure.